Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Buckle up, strap yourself in, and get ready. Welcome to the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I certainly do not intend to allow a brutal and sacrilegious gang of criminal miscreants to dictate the future direction of my family, nor to weaken my family's commitment to do the right thing, no matter the cost. In the final analysis, it is the intentions of our actions, not their consequences, on which we shall all eventually be judged. Joshua Boyle, as he arrived in Canada, many questions being asked him up, Mr. Boyle, and what happened over the last five years and how he happened to be returned to Canada at the time that he was. Lots of questions being asked. And with me on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network to address some of this questioning that's going on is uh, Scott Newark, former Alberta prosecutor, executive officer of the Canadian Police Association, security advisor to the governments of Ontario and Canada, now security and justice analyst and adjunct professor at Simon Fraser University. Scott, uh, I've been seeing emails certainly all morning and uh, saw quite a few yesterday, people asking what's going on, what's the backstory here, and some people wondering whether we're facing another Omar Cotter situation, and that primarily is raised by uh, folks who email and say, he was married to Omar Cotter's sister. So what are we facing? Well, um, I think everybody's sort of uh, initial instinct of this is weird is uh, absolutely correct. I mean, it's a, a very strange situation where, you know, somebody takes their seven-month pregnant wife uh, backpacking in the Taliban's backyard, you know, and then gets abducted and is held. Um that's just a, an unusual situation. The fact that he was married to uh, Zainab Kader, as you point out, uh, is also interesting. He uh, apparently got to uh, know the, uh, the, uh, the family uh, around uh, 2007 when Zainab was one of the leading voices on the Free Omar Kader movement. And he essentially uh, saw it online and went to Parliament Hill, met Zainab. Uh, they married in, I believe it was 2009 and lasted for about a year. Uh, and then he uh, met his uh, the wife that he was abducted with, Caitlin Coleman, from uh, the United States, uh, and they went off sort of on this excursion. And as it was originally described for years, as they were just sort of you know hiking around and backpacking, 
his latest statements, uh, including when he was uh, uh, re- returned to Toronto last night, he now describes himself as a, quote, pilgrim, and that he was delivering some kind of specialized services to people uh, in the area that nobody else in the world or other governments or NGOs were doing. So it's it's just sort of the changing circumstances of this and the oddity of it, including the one that I think probably struck a lot of people, too, was that after he was, uh, uh, take your pick, rescued, released, whatever it was, uh, by the Pakistanis who turned him over to uh, American officials, he uh, refused to get on an American plane that they were going to send him to uh, Bagram Air Base and then on to Germany and back, um, ostensibly because, as he told his father, you know, he disagreed with the entire American approach to uh, Guantanamo Bay and Omar Khadr, and it sounds like he was afraid that they might hold him. Uh, Michelle Shepard from the Toronto Star actually reported that, hearing that in the conversation. His father reported that, and then, again, as he got off the plane last night and he was giving his statement, he completely contradicted that and said that, no, that was not true, and that he would have got on any plane to get out of anywhere. So I think it's, it, it's this almost narcissistic, you know, desire to be in the uh, the spotlight that is uh, causing a lot of people to wonder, and I think quite legitimately what's going on, and as you say, what's coming next. And uh, didn't he also say last night that there were various countries vying, and that that's the word he used, vying, yes. to transport him, his wife, and his kids from Afghanistan out of there? Yeah, I mean, that is the thing that, that struck me, and I actually watched the video clips of the interviews. It's this um, and in some ways, it is similar, isn't it, to the uh, what we've seen with um, uh, the Qatar uh, uh, family members. It's this narcissistic yeah. um, uh, sense of always wanting to be in the spotlight and always claiming as though, you know, there's something that uh, uh, that individual alone is capable of doing. Or you know what I mean? It, it's that kind of thing that makes me think that I suspect we're going to be hearing from uh, this guy. Uh, about himself in the uh, in the days and weeks to come. Now, we don't have any answers to these questions, but one of the other questions that is asked time and again is, will we find ourselves, we uh, collectively as Canadians, find ourselves in a situation where Mr. Boyle may decide that Canada really didn't do everything that Canada could have and should have for him, and people want to know, could this be a situation where there would be another lawsuit and potentially the prime minister would be cutting another check. I know we're getting ahead of yeah. where where the situation is, but that's the question that's being asked. Is there is there any legitimate chance that that sort of thing could take place? Well, as I as I think you know, I mean, I don't think it was legitimate that the government of Canada cut the check to yeah. Lamar Cotter that they did. So yeah. the one thing in our uh, legal system, uh, you know, is that pretty much anybody can bring an application for anything. So I don't know that there's any... Uh, basis to definitively say yes or no to that. He, from what I have seen of him, I have not heard him make a specific complaint in relation to any Canadian activity or inactivity. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's uh, a little early to be making uh, that kind of an assessment. He was uh, speaking very strongly about the Haqqani network, yeah. and he was calling on the Afghan government to make good for, for what happened to him. Yeah, I mean, he... Um, there's been a change in the facts since when he arrived last night and even on to today where he's you know now said that he had a daughter that was born and that apparently he named or they named martyr strange name um, and that uh, the the uh, uh, the Haqqani uh, uh, group actually uh, killed his daughter as well too so that that's another uh, factual twist 
The one thing that I, I must admit, and I, and I bet you Roy will never really know the answer to it, is exactly how it is that they came to be, take your pick, uh, rescued or released. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you about next. Well, it sounds like the Americans, and I know this will probably upset some people, but I think the sort of newly invigorated, as a result of the new administration in the United States, American Special Forces uh, took uh, some special efforts and tracked down where these people were being held, and contrary to what the Pakistani officials have said for years, that it was believed to be uh, in Pakistan and were ready to, to move, they gave the information to the Pakistani authorities because it was in Pakistan, and when they went back to take a look, it turns out that they had actually moved, and then the Pakistanis themselves uh, went to the uh, uh, found them driving in a car, which makes you wonder why they would have moved them out of a location and stuck them in a car where they would be more vulnerable to be captured. There's been conflicting reports about whether or not the abductors were killed or not killed, and then they're handed over. And you know the uh, the Pakistanis uh, military authorities look good in doing this, and it may be as uh, the uh, uh, Caitlin Coleman, the mother, pointed out, her father pointed out, sorry, uh, that, uh, you know, this was in uh, no small measure due to actually Donald Trump stepping up and issuing that kind of a warning that he did to Pakistan several months ago. We, I, I, my guess is we will never know the full truth about that, but that's an intriguing situation. I would like the Cotter family to step up and say something about this man, uh, particularly his former wife. If she has any interest in, in, in him and what happened to him, in Afghanistan, then I'd like to hear from Zainab Cotter. I must, I must admit, Roy, you and I agree on most things, but this is one where I disagree. For me, it's always a good day when I don't hear something from the Cotter <laughs> yeah. family. But on this case, I'd like to hear something from them. Why? Because I'd like to know whether they're involved in any way. <laughs> and they doesn't matter what answer they give you, it's read between the lines and listen to the voice. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is interesting. The the one brother, Abdullah, who was a uh, an arms trafficker in Pakistan and Afghanistan, these are exactly the kind of people that the uh, the family had contacts with. Yeah. But I have not seen anything that suggests any kind of contact or involvement. But Scott, that to me, that to me is still sort of maybe the most intriguing intriguing sidebar that he was married to Zainab Cotter. Yes. And then shortly after that, he takes his new wife, who is pregnant on a walking tour of Afghanistan. Well, it, it's, it's, it's weird. It's definitely odd. And, I mean, given Zainab Khadr's uh, rather extremist uh, views, which are, are quite well known. Exactly. Um, has this guy converted to Islam? Uh, he actually described himself in one of the statements, again, that was reported by Michelle Shepard. Uh, he's making a reference to himself as a, as a Sufi which is a, as you know, is a, is a branch of the Islamic faith. Well, would, you know, Z- would Zainab Khadr marry anyone who wasn't Muslim? It does make you wonder, doesn't it? does make you wonder, although that doesn't necessarily explain, uh, you know, as you, as you quite correctly point out, the absurdity of uh, taking your, uh, you know, your uh, wife, especially a pregnant wife. Pregnant on, wife for a walking tour in, in Afghanistan. In, yeah, in, in, in Afghanistan. And then he says that he was in villages far removed from where any NGOs could provide any meaningful assistance, but he was helping the villagers. Doing what? That's, yeah, that's what... That's what exactly what was he doing? That's what struck me in the narcissistic sense of things, is that it's that sort of description of him him doing something that no one else could, and him having yeah. this enlightened view. And even if you read some of his statements that he's made, you know, that are... What was the one that you had in the opening clip, that uh, his actions will be judged by his intentions, not its consequences? 
I found a lot of multisyllabic words in his presentation. Yeah, well, that's there an interesting take on things. It's yeah. sort of like my way or, uh, you know, nothing yeah. else. Hold on, Scott. We'll come back and talk some more to Scott New York, and we'll play back for you again what Mr. Um, Joshua Boyle said last night as he arrived home in Canada. There are a lot of questions that people are asking that deserve answers. Ultimately, perhaps we'll have the answers. But there are loose ends here that just seem rather strange, particularly taking your wife, who's pregnant, walking in Afghanistan in the in Taliban territory. And then he said last night that his wife was, was raped by members of the Haqqani network and that their regional chief, I think it was, a regional boss, watched while that was going on. More with Scott Newark right after this. Stay with us on The Green Show on the Corliss Radio Network. Roy won't take no or no comment sitting down. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Send your emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com, and I'm on Twitter at the Roy Green Show. You can follow me there. Later on, we'll talk about the uh, taxing, the fair taxing, taxation plan of the liberal government. The first part of it failed dramatically, of course. And now we're told on Monday morning at 8 o'clock, Bill Morneau and Justin Trudeau will be addressing the Liberal Caucus in Ottawa about uh, the sequel to fair taxation. You can read my thoughts on my show page on the blog. Just go to any of the Chorus radio stations uh, to carry this program, the one you're listening to. Now go to their website and look at my show page. And uh, for me, it's just a case of these people are just rummaging around in your wallet and your pockets for loose change. Dan Kelly's going to be with us, the president and CEO of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, and we'll be talking to Senator Denise Batters. Uh, the senator had a lot to do with the a lot of the Im- involvement Canadians um, got going on this issue and forced the government, by dint of public opinion, to change their point of view. Also coming up, uh, Carolyn Jarvis, chief investigative correspondent for Global News. There's a troubling trend of leaks and spills in the Sarnia, Ontario area and the fears of those who live nearby. Global News in collaboration in an investigation of a heavy concentration of industry and resultant toxic chemical releases. The show will air at 7 o'clock tonight. And England's chief medical officer declares antibiotic resistance could spell the, quote, end of modern medicine, and she warns of a post-antibiotic apocalypse. I'm going to talk to Jason Tetro, the germ guy, Canadian microbiologist and author of The Germ Code. Now, Scott Newark wanted to, or, or mentioned Joshua Boyle's statement Part of his statement, this was the end of his statement last night as he arrived in Canada. I certainly do not intend to allow a brutal and sacrilegious gang of criminal miscreants to dictate the future direction of my family, nor to weaken my family's commitment to do the right thing, no matter the cost. In the final analysis, it is the intentions of our actions, not their consequences, on which we shall all eventually be judged. So, uh, there is what Scott referenced. So, there it is, uh, Scott. This is how we're all be judged. Yeah. It, you see what I mean, though, about the, that sort of grandiose yeah. 
perspective that's there that somehow he's above all of the rest of us and everything else and that it, it's just a, a strange sort of a uh, an attitude for somebody that has been through what this uh, this family has been through and this is obviously going to be very very difficult for them going forward these people have been in captivity for uh, you know for five years so it would be hopeful that the focus of their efforts and their family's efforts would be on them getting their um, stability uh, back in place and as opposed to having the TV cameras turned on. Yeah, so maybe it's not entirely fair to be uh, analyzing every word that he utters as he comes back, but, but you can't help but look and no, listen to what he says. Yeah. And when he called, when he called them uh, the Hakani Network a sacrilegious gang, what does that mean? Well, what he has said, and he's put it in other statements as well, too, he's described them as not even being Muslims. Uh, the, the assumption was that the, the Taliban and their various uh, affiliates were motivated by this, uh, you know, extremist uh, version of Islam, and these guys have more of a history of actually uh, being more like a criminal gang and in uh, trying to make money, and uh, that's what his latest statements, I think it's now his third round of statements that he's made, is that uh, that's why he's saying they were uh, kidnapped in the first place because his wife was pregnant and they thought that they could get money out of the Americans because they wouldn't want to see an, uh, a child born in uh, captivity. Um, I, I just frankly hope that, for however that might turn out to be the case, that uh, the uh, focus is on uh, getting uh, people's uh, stability back in place as mm-hmm. opposed to you know, being on another uh, uh, TV show or... Uh, doing another interview. You know, uh, I was watching... Oh, I'm not particularly optimistic about that. Yeah. Well, I was watching uh, Mr. Boyle, and then I uh, was looking at his kids um, in, a, in another video. And as children do, particularly his little son, just seemed to be fascinated with what was going on around him. And they have this such an innocent uh, look about them because they're little kids. And that's what people are going to have to focus on as well, making sure that these kids come out of this okay, as okay as possible, and uh, that they're properly addressed. And that they are uh, being raised in an appropriate environment mm-hmm. that has, uh, you know, its focus on their welfare as opposed to some of what uh, Mr. Boyle's last comments you just played, you know, on his nobler purposes. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to hear more about this, and I'm sure we will, but I'd like to hear the truth, and I still would like to hear something from the Cotters because somehow they're part of this play. Well, at least from what we know right now, they're only part of it because of the fact that he was previously married well, I know. to Zainab. I know. Okay, so, you know, there's nothing that I've seen that has suggested in any way that the Cotter family had any involvement in him being there and being kidnapped or in what was occurring with him during the course of time mm-hmm. while that took place. Yeah. And I, I do grant you, should that turn out not to be the case, that, of course, would be newsworthy, but I have seen nothing that suggests that. Scott, thank you for the time. Much appreciated. Okay, Roy. Always great talking to you. Scott Newark, former um, executive officer of the Canadian Police Association and uh, security advisor to the governments of Ontario and Canada, now security and justice analyst and adjunct professor at Simon Fraser University. When we come back, we're going to speak with Jason Tetro, the germ guy, microbiologist, author of The Germ Code, and antibiotics, well, they're not effective anymore, and the British, not as much as they were, the English chief medical officer warns of a post-antibiotic apocalypse.